Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is, you guessed it, my yawny girlfriend, Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Much. It's been a good week here. It's been a it's been a carbon monoxide week here. It's what the fuck? January 15th, 1997. I don't know what you're talking about with carbon monoxide. Oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. It's February 15th, 1997. He doesn't even know what fucking day it is. It's freezing in our house is what it is. Okay, what? now I'm now I'm now I'm weir- now I'm worried that I said it wrong. It's what? February fifteenth, nineteen ninety seven, the day after Valentine's Day. Yes, otherwise but, known as breakup capital of the year. No, the, the most. This is the day that the most couples break up. Really, the day after Valentine's Day. Yep. What the fuck is that about? One last bang in, and then it's breakup central. I thought it would be like right before Valentine's Day so they don't have to buy a gift. I actually am making this up. I have no idea. But you are so full of shit. I'll bet you it is. I bet you it's not. Well, I bet you it's before Valentine's well, Day. Well, I'll bet you there's no way to find out. We could, you know, take a poll. <laughs> I'll give you a poll. Um. <laughs> anyway, I've got some news today, Carol. We're going back... Oldish. Remember, remember back in nineteen ninety four when I used to have a subscription to the Los Angeles Times. Uh huh. I picked up a copy of the L.A. Times. Oh, nice. And decided to go old. What? I don't know. I thought I heard a ghost behind me. What the fuck? He just keeps looking over his shoulder. And he's creeping me out. Stop it. Well, here's a here's a phrase to creep you out, Daddy Michael. <laughs> What in the fuck? This article starts with the phrase Daddy Michael, and it's referring to the fact that Michael Jackson is a father. Ew. It's true. Michael Jackson is a father. Cedars Sinai Medical Center spokesman Ron Wise confirmed that Jackson's wife, Debbie Rowe, left the hospital with a healthy newborn son Thursday around 8 a.m. Well, congratulations to them. It was not known whether or not Jackson has had sex with the baby yet. Oh, come on. Well, he's a pedophile. What Don't do be want? disgusting. What do you want me to what do you want me to do? Not use the word sex and baby in the same sentence. That's what I want you to do, you freak. I'd like I'm the freak. <laughs> Between me and Michael Jackson, I'm the freak. Does it really have to be an either or? I mean <laughs> He I'm moonwalks, you make bad jokes. I'm just saying he moonwalks. Yeah, moon walks right into Macaulay Culkin's ass or oh whatever. Oh, my God. You're such an ass. Television time, Carol. Okay. It's blue all over. Uh-huh. It's like when the Blue Man Group has an orgy. <laughs> it's Ew. blue all over. Ew. Three and a half years after its premiere, the Emmy-winning series NYPD Blue uh. finally became available this week in all U.S. television markets. Who were the holdouts? Uh, the, since the show's premiere, ABC affiliates have blocked the program starring Dennis Franz and Jimmy Smith because of violence, harsh language, and partial nudity. Although 255 affiliates refused to broadcast the first episode in 1993, that number has dwindled to three this year. 
Wow. Panama City, Florida was the final one to allow it to air. What do you think? Of course it was the Florida people. They're always causing problems. <laughs> what do you think though? Like do you, do you do you I I mean I know that it's it's one of those shows where it's like, "Oh, you can see Dennis Friend's butt." <laughs> or, He's the redhead, right? No. That's uh David Caruso who's oh. no, no longer on the show. Oh. He left to become a movie star and well, who, whose that, butt are we seeing? That didn't work out. The, the fat guy. Oh, I don't want to see his butt. The fuck? <laughs> he's old, too. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's got that big, bushy mustache. Yeah. Big, no, thank you. Big, bushy butt. That's why we don't watch the show. To avoid butts. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Old, fat man butts. Oh, yeah, it's on like 10 o'clock at night, so I don't, I don't know. I think it's... Is that past your bedtime, Grandpa? No, I'm saying that <laughs> I think that it's okay. What they're doing is okay. Okay. I don't see why anyone's... Bl- I'm trying to have an actual conversation about the news. <laughs> I think you're in the wrong place for that. Right. <laughs> Apparently. How about producing magic, Carol? Magic Johnson's finalizing a production deal with Fox Family Films, the triple triple F, allowing, according to his management company, the deal would allow Johnson to produce projects not just through the family division, but throughout 20th Century Fox, including television. His first project is expected to be Homeboy, a comedy about a family who hopes their child will become a pro basketball player. Very original. Oh, jeez. That's Michigan's own Magic Johnson, I just have to say. Yeah, yes. Good luck with your HIV, Magic Johnson. You got to bring that up. Is HIV. Uh, <laughs> okay. He's obviously doing pretty well. I guess. I mean, he's not dead yet. It's weird. Um, wow. Best actor. Well, you know, he's got HIV. Best actor Oscar nominee Jeffrey Rush, who plays pianist. David Helvgott in Fine Line Features Best Picture Contender Shine. Haven't seen it because we watch uh, good movies. We'll discuss the role (laughs) or shitty movies in American online chat from New York today at 3 p.m. So he's going to be on America online and he's going to be chatting. Oh, that's cool. I guess. You have mail. (laughs) You've got mail. You've got shine. Uh, speaking of Steven Spielberg, his film at, I believe it's called, is on the, I think that's, um, I think it's a British inspired film about um, someone's dinner. What? It got at. Okay. <laughs> anyway, his film at is on the verge of losing the all time box office crown to George Lucas's uh, film, which is called. Uh, Star Wars. Okay, what the fuck, dude? Seriously. But Spielberg is being gracious about it. You know you know that they're friends. They're like best friends. Star Wars, in its 20th anniversary re-release, is poised to surpass its $399.8 million purse. God, can you imagine a movie making $399.8 million? But with the original 77 release, uh, some of the 80s re-releases... 
and this 20th 20th anniversary re-release of Star Wars, they are going to surpass Etz 1982, um, uh, you know, 399.8 million. Good for them. Um, have you figured out what Et is yet? No. Oh, E.T. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. Sorry. <laughs> so he, <laughs> Steven Spielberg produced a, a little video with R2-D2. And the text read, Dear George, congratulations for renewing the most enduring motion picture in cinema history. Uh, your pal, Steven. That's very nice. nice. They are nice friends. Uh, New York's Ed Sullivan Theater, home of CBS's late show with David Letterman, will receive a 1997 Architecture Award from the U.S. Institute of Theater Technology next month during the group's annual conference in Pittsburgh. The award says the restoration work done by the Polshek and Partners Architectural Firm in New York is a great example of creating a new theater as a stage set in a historic interior. What do you think? Um. I like the Ed Sullivan Theater. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think we were going to dive into architecture talk? I did, did not. I was not prepared. I left my notes at home. My dog ate my homework. I, I don't know what else I to say. I appreciate the vaunted ceilings of the Ed Sullivan <laughs> Theater. Yeah, I've never been there. And the ghost of Jack Benny that's lurking around. Have you? Have you been there? To the Ed Sullivan Theater? Yeah. I have not, actually. Okay. I've been to Rockefeller Center. Uh, I've been to, uh, you know, Rockefeller Plaza and all that stuff. I've been to some of the NBC buildings and stuff like that, but I've never been to uh, the Ed Sullivan Theater. Interesting. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, they're, I think they're across the street from each other, so it is kind of weird. That I haven't been there. But I don't think it was a big deal last time I was in New York. I okay. don't believe. I guess maybe. Uh, no, I guess maybe that is. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was. It was renovated in there. I think last time I went there. I'm not sure. Actually, I, don't, I can't remember. But either way, I haven't uh, toured the Ed Sullivan Theater. Okay. One thing I have toured, though. Is the movie this week? Yes, and the architecture in the movie I could talk about. Yeah, go ahead. It's all uh, you know stucco uh, houses and uh, then really really tacky uh, clubs. Rococo, yeah, really tacky clubs. That's <laughs> right. So is that what that's called? Rococo. I've never heard that word before. Rococo is like an architectural term. Hmm. Anyway. What does it mean? I don't remember. Okay, then don't say words you don't know what they mean. Oh, okay. <laughs> that would cut off half your vocabulary. Kid. Fuck off. You are a dick. So we saw a really good movie, a really cute movie, I a really it, yeah. romantic and sexy movie. Mm, yeah, okay. Fools Rush In. Yes. That's what it was called. With Chandler Bing. Fools Russian, yeah, literally with Chandler Bing. Yeah, I mean, like seriously, the the main character was not named Chandler, but it was Chandler. I think his name was Alex. Yeah, I mean, it was Ch- it was Chandler, just in a different situation. Yeah, a little more serious, maybe, but just just slightly. barely. Yeah, 
There's a part at the beginning where he's coming from, I guess, Miami, I think he was at. He's got a swordfish yeah. or marlin. He's just like carrying around with it. It's a nice little bit of comedy business for him to do. And this dude starts eating sushi in front of him. And he's like, he reacts. It almost seems like an ad lib, like a Chandler ad lib. Yeah. Like he reacts like offended and then he covers the Marlin's eyes. <laughs> and that's exactly what Chandler would do in that situation. I mean, I wonder though, does Matthew Perry do ad libbing for Chandler? And in which case then is he ad libbing and it's really the same comedy, you know? What? What? You started off that sentence fine, <laughs> and then it's like you fell asleep in the middle of it. Because I did not know the rest of that didn't make any sense. You're like, does he ad lib as Chandler? And if he does, then ad lib is comedy. Like what? If he does ad libbing when he's Chandler, mm-hmm. and he was ad libbing in the movie, right? That's how it would be similar comedy because it's him <laughs> ad libbing. But he's supposed to be ad libbing in character, not as himself. I, so, I think he brings a lot of himself to these roles. I mean, it has to be. I guess, right? yeah. Like, why else would they be so similar? Listen, the success or failure of this movie isn't going to rest on. Matthew Perry's stellar acting performance. But he is a good actor. He's a good he, comedian yes, anyway. He's a good he's a good comic actor and he's serviceable as an actor. I wouldn't call him the greatest performer I've ever seen. The dude's not Olivier right. or, or Jack Nicholson or something. You know, I mean he's not like diving into what 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 makes Alex tick, you know, like <laughs> he's not he's not method acting this. Right. But he's a very good comedic actor, and he's a good enough actor to be believable. But yeah. But yeah, it's definitely more about Selma Hayek. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, I think it's more about the situation and the comedy. And yeah, it's like a good story and all that, but I'm just saying, like, seeing Selma Hayek in this movie is the highlight of this movie. It's a good movie. It's it's romantic. Like I said, it's cute. It's funny. She's the reason to watch it, though. Yeah, I mean, I would, yeah, that's definitely true. Finally, she's in a movie where she gets to actually talk. Yeah. Her character has a personality and an arc and a point of view (laughs) and some agency. Yeah. She's not just a vampire dancing sexy and having Quentin Tarantino fondle her feet. (laughs) She's not just some girl that's walking down the street and gets shoved aside by Antonio Banderas and they have weird uh, candlelit sex <laughs> with spurs running up and down their butts. Desperado. Yeah. <laughs> very well delivered. <laughs> Nothing was edited out before that, guys. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Desperado is the film to which I'm referring. That was some fucked up sex. Yeah. There's sex in this movie, but a lot less of it. Like just well, and more much like, less gratuitous. Yeah, it's just more like hinted at. Uh, I guess Matthew Perry gets to make out with Salma Hayek a little bit. I'm sure he wasn't upset about that, right? Who would who wouldn't be happy to do that job? There's a scene in this movie where Salma Hayek. It's in slow motion, and I think Salma Hayek's like blowing out a candle or something like that. It's when they're at the family party, right? Okay. He's watching her. Yeah. And there's some slow motion and everything. 
And I think I, I think I felt every man in the theater fall in love <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, she is beautiful. It's just, you know, and well, it's more than that, though. She is very beautiful, but she's, uh, I mean, she's a fucking star. Like, I think, yeah. I think she, I think this is the movie where I think people are going to actually uh, realize it because she has chemistry. She has uh, charisma. She has, she's a very charismatic personality on screen yes and she's finally able to actually show that in this movie so movie starts out with Selma Hayek in central Mexico Mm -hmm. being stared at by uh, little boys boys. (laughs) floating around in a their inner tube she stole their inner tube yeah seems weird seems like an odd choice never steal a Mexican boy's inner tube (laughs) never steal any boy's inner tube but um, they said that uh, when she, like, they want to marry her when they turn 18. She's like, when well, the you're... The one dude. Yeah. When you're 18, I'll be 40. Mm-hmm. So we think that means she's supposed to be about 30. Yeah, I guess, yeah. She doesn't look 30. No, she looks like she's in her 20s. She's freaking out about Chewbacca. Yes. Chewy. What, who names their kid Chewy? I don't know. It's really weird, and they—it seems like a nickname, but they never—they never actually say it is a nickname. But it's so funny because she he fir- she first meets Matthew Perry, and this is a very Chandler Bing line. It, but it's—I I wonder how much of this. Like, I wonder if this was written for Matthew Perry. I wonder <laughs> how much of this was changed, maybe when they got Matthew Perry. I wonder how much Matthew Perry had a hand in the, his dialogue. How much of the of it's ad libbed? I don't know, but you know he said he gets introduced to Chewie and he's like, uh, "Hey, Chewie, Luke Skywalker." You know, mm-hmm. no one laughs. Well, they all hate him. Well, Selma Hayek doesn't hate him. Well, no, but the reason he's there is to meet her family because she's pregnant. They don't know that I was yet. Say the reason he's there is because he came inside her. <laughs> yes, they Talk meet in line for the bathroom. He's in line for the bathroom. He's overhearing her talk to her friend what about kind of, what? Kind of, what? I can't. I, I can't have a thought. I got like one and a half sentences in, and you're going to interrupt me. Like I've worked so hard to start fucking talking here, <laughs> and then you're just going to interrupt me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean. I didn't mean to shit on all your hard work. <laughs> Continue talking. No, no, no. What, what's your question? I was just going to say what kind of a of a self-respecting Mexican restaurant only has one bathroom. Because they're all they're in line together. Wow. <laughs> I guess that's what it feels like when a joke just fucking dies. I mean, it could, I guess have been, so. it could have been partially because I was stopped mid-delivery. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. They meet in line in the bathroom. He is in line for the bathroom. She is on the phone with her friend talking about her love life and her problems with Chewy. Yeah, which, yeah, Princess Leia is. What, uh, who, what friend do you think she's talking to? Lainey. That redhead. Lainey, isn't that her name? 
I don't remember her name. Lainey. I think it was Lainey. I don't know. Okay. And then she gets off the phone, sees the gigantic line that has formed for the bathroom. The gigantic line? (laughs) Gigantic. You almost said... Ginormous. You almost said a slur there. What the fuck? And then turned it into... I don't know what you're talking about. Is a gigantic line where everyone is, uh, is standing in there and doing a little dance? She's we're doing waiting, the pee pee dance. We're I don't for know. The bathroom. It's a gigantic lie. <laughs> she bats her little eyelashes mm. at him and talks about how bad she has to go. And, <laughs> and he, so sexy. Somehow bat, it was. Bats her eyelashes. She's like, I've got to pee so bad. <laughs> like, please. So he lets her cut in front of him and they have a little flirtation. Mm hmm. And the next thing we see is it's she's cut to black. She's crawling out of bed in the morning, mm-hmm. pulling her panties out from underneath his head. Cut to <laughs> cut to black, and then they're in bed together. And it's like, how? Yeah, what happened between this and the bed? Because there's well, important information missing. Yeah, because it it was like a cute little whatever, but it certainly didn't seem like they're oh they're gonna fuck now. Yeah, they just met. They're not drunk. She's emotionally vulnerable, I suppose, because she's breaking up with Chu. Right. But that's it. <laughs> and I guess they were in Vegas there because they went back to his house. Las which Vegas, yeah. I, I didn't get it first, but I, I think it's that's how she knew how to find him later because she'd been there. Yeah. But she didn't have his number. She also lives in Las Vegas. Yeah. Because she works in Las Vegas. And the family that she goes to... To have dinner with her parents are in Las Vegas. Yeah. I At first, I thought she when she was like, well, I have dinner with my family every week, I thought she was driving back to fucking central Mexico. Right. <laughs> and I was thinking, how long is that a drive every week? Because the movie starts where she's in a river in central Mexico or, mm-hmm. or a lake or whatever in central Mexico, a pond in central Mexico. Some body she's, of water she's in, in a, central Mexico. She's in a puddle in central Mexico. <laughs> And uh, she got sprayed with a spray bottle in Central Mexico. There you go. And then she's in Las Vegas. She's driving back. She's in Las Vegas. And then she meets him. They have sex. And then she leaves. And he's building his fucking grotesque 1986 club. Yeah. That's why he's in Vegas. He actually lives in New York. Yeah, he lives in New York by the Ed Sullivan Theater. Right. He doesn't speak with a New York accent at all. No. He, I don't, I don't well, know who Matthew, where Matthew Perry really is from. I think he's Canadian. But, I mean, neither do his parents. They have that, like, oh. upper, you know, like, that upper crust accent. That, well, the, the yeah. white people are melting. Yes. Oh, my God. What the fuck was that? That was that was I mean, like, they're so racist. Well, let's, let's talk about economics first. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like Thor... Uh, what's his name? Uh... Thurston Howell the Third. Yes. Oh, lovey. <laughs> she looks like lovey. Well, she's having another drink. Anyway, so yeah, they 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 speak like that. It's awful. Like that. Whoever that actor is, I mean, he can't actually speak like that. He's got to be doing that voice, right? I have a question though. Like, how far is the Hoover Dam from Las Vegas? Isn't it like a good hour drive? Really? Nope. How far? Uh, from like the heart of the strip to the Hoover Dam, it's 
probably, I don't know, 25 minutes, maybe? So, when we were in Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. why didn't we see the Hoover Dam? We did. We drove over it to get there. That does not count. That was nighttime, and there was a storm, and we didn't stop at all. That's why you didn't see it. It was nighttime. And there was a storm, so I was frightened for my life, and we did not stop and go, hey, here's the Hoover Dam. Let's look at that. Just because we saw a... uh, car struck by lightning directly in front of us yeah you were scared i was a little scared we saw the we saw uh every head in that car (laughs) it was like daytime in that car it was a bolt of lightning i mean it was like it was like god reached down (laughs) it was fucking weird yeah it was i've never seen a bolt of lightning that clearly it was pretty creepy. And it just struck the shit out of the car in front of us. Now, mind you, prior to this, earlier in the day, before nightfall, driving through Arizona mm-hmm. well, uh, yeah. and New, New Mexico, Mexico mm-hmm. we saw more than one brush fire <laughs> being put out by, like, emergency fire crews yeah. driving just, off into the desert. Just fires uh, all, all around us. Because apparently there's lots of lightning. I don't know. It's it's it sounds like a not great situation there in the desert. Yeah. Well, it's just uh, you know, that's man's power over nature, right? Everything about it doesn't want us there. <laughs> but uh she loves the desert. Uh, Salma Hayek's character there. Oh, yeah, there. she does. She likes taking pictures of the desert. She likes getting lost in the desert. She likes burying bodies in the desert. She likes eating hot dogs in the desert. Yeah. I don't think I would take meat. That's- into the desert to eat. <laughs> that just sounds That's, like a recipe for disaster. That sounded more sexual than no. I think you meant it to be. No, I mean, I'm just like, I mean, like, how do you keep stuff cold? It's hot there. Why do you want to keep a hot dog cold? Because you don't want it to go bad. It already flew in a plane and now it's hanging out in the desert. Oh, <laughs> Like, what is going on with this meat they're going to eat? I don't like it. I don't like that you're referring to it as meat. I don't know. It's weird. It is meat. It's a hot dog. <laughs> hot dogs are meat. Meat sticks. It was. In a, <laughs> it was in like a thermal container. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. space age things. Why don't we get back to the, the matter <laughs> at hand? Which matter is that exactly? Where were we? I don't even know. Uh, he knocked. This her episode up. is so fucking off the rails. <laughs> So, okay, he doesn't know he knocked her up, though, because she walked out on him. They did not exchange numbers. Well, she didn't know at first, either. Right. She's not like she's psychic. (laughs) Once upon a time in Mexico, I got fucking knocked up. But uh, three months later, she comes back because she is, in fact, knocked up. Mm -hmm. She's like, the honorable thing to do is to tell you that I'm pregnant, I'm keeping the baby, and it's yours. First, she was like, "I, I... I decided, you know, there's only one log- <laughs> yeah. logical thing to do. He's like, oh, thank God. He's, he's going into the closet, pulling out ha- coat hangers. Right. And she looks at him like she knew exactly what he was celebrating. She was setting him up, I think. Yeah. Well, she's very Catholic, as we find out later. Yeah, but I mean, she looks at him like, you know, he's a piece of shit. She brings the largest cross I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the crucifix, actually, I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it's I, I think Jesus <clears throat> actually was crucified on the cross she, she brings in. <laughs> but, okay, so she tells him this. 
And then she takes off because he has company. He has a woman there that wants to go out to dinner or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he just runs out of his like business dinner meeting thing. Yeah, this business dinner where the wife of the like inspector or whatever wants to fuck him. Yeah, like the person they need to get their liquor license from, right? Yeah. And it's just like she's basically like how many how many dudes has she slept with uh in order, you know, it is an abuse of her power. Like it's so weird. Yeah. And why? Why would she want to? Yeah, like like Matthew I think Perry's that's not gross. A, Matthew Perry's not a bad looking guy, but it's like you don't need to use your power. If you're a woman and you look halfway decent, she looks halfway decent, you don't have to abuse your power to get laid. You can just right. find somebody. And I think it would be, like, not fun. AOL online <laughs> chat room and you can pick up Jeffrey Rush. Ew. Um, who's Jeffrey Rush? The guy that played that pianist in Shine. Okay. The news story we talked about earlier. You know, before you uh, fucking uh, pulled a Margot Kidder. I don't know what that means either. <laughs> Margot Kidder played Lois Lane. Okay. In the Superman movies. Okay. And she uh, has uh, some mental problems. Hey! Asshole. It's sad. <sighs> it seems like he has mental problems because he runs out of his meeting leaving people at his house mm-hmm. to go chase her down because he because she's Selma Hayek yeah and he doesn't want her to just disappear mm-hmm. so he follows her to the Hoover Dam yep they make up a little bit yeah a little bit and he's like what can I do and she said come meet my family so that when I tell them I'm pregnant and they want to know who the father is I can say you remember I brought him by the house once uh-huh so he goes, and then... You remember a surprisingly amount of this dialogue exactly. <laughs> I, I have a great memory for certain things, mm-hmm. and a terrible memory for most things. But they go to the family thing, and like you mentioned, the there's that candle scene mm-hmm. where she's all in slow motion, and he is too. He's holding a baby, one yeah. of her relatives, and they're looking at each other. And yep. you can see the feelings. They have really good chemistry yeah. between the two of them. I also like the cinematography. This is the, a good time to point it out, I guess. I also like the cinematography in this movie. A lot of times, uh, the lighting for comedies is, you know, fairly basic. I mean, not like a toothpaste commercial where it's just like flat lighting, three cameras set up, let's get through this as fast as fucking possible kind of thing. But like, pretty basic, you know, not like you know, a soft box and some, you know, a, a couple, uh, you know, headlights and stuff like, you know, just basic stuff. Right. Um, but this is more dynamic. There's a lot of, so there's a lot of natural landscape, natural beauty in the area that, mm-hmm. uh, that they utilize, I think pretty well. Uh, this scene in particular that's in slow motion we were talking about, there's they do a lot with shadow and um you know, shadow and light and everything. And I don't know who the cinematographer on the movie is. I didn't actually look, but um but I like a lot of what they're doing with I think it gives this movie a little more of a unique uh look than 
than just a standard romantic comedy. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot. There's a lot of depth to the the look and feel of the movie. Mm-hmm. So that happens, and then they get married. <laughs> well, he says because she's she drops him off, and she's just like after they have the thing, the dinner, and she's like, "Yeah, that was great." Now I'll never see you again. And he's like, well, you know, what if I want to be in the baby's life? And she's like, no, you know, this is whatever. And she just wants to leave. And then he jumps in front of her Jeep, which is, I guess, a theme of the movie. (laughs) And he says, you know, I don't know. Like, this is not just whatever. It's love. Let's get married. Yeah. And so they get married in a wedding chapel in Las Vegas by Elvis, which she has to know is a terrible idea. Yeah. And then they have a nice honeymoon where they have sex in a Vegas hotel room. He goes back to work the next day, and then his new father-in-law runs into the, (laughs) like, drives his Jeep, almost kills several workers. Right. Yeah, like, they didn't knock up your daughter, man. Brings out a baseball bat and is, like, brandishes it. It's very, he's very, like, holding himself back. Yeah. He's yelling at him. What kind of a man are you? Yelling at him while he's holding a baseball bat. But did you think he was going to hit him? I don't know, but apparently Matthew Perry or Alex, you know, whatever character he's playing, didn't think he was going to hit him because he just stood his ground. I was pretty impressed. Yeah. He did not run or cower at all. He just stood there. Well, he was right. He, uh, so throughout this movie, the rest of this movie is so, uh, one thing. I, one thing I think works really well with this movie Matthew Perry's got a best friend, some, I don't know, sleazebag <laughs> that's divorced and hates women. Yeah, I guess. I life. Then there, she has a best friend, a redheaded um, casino dealer, mm-hmm. blackjack dealer. And there are, you know, her. there's her family and everything. There are some peripheral characters. Yeah. But this movie is very hyper-focused on them. Yes. And they have great chemistry. And I think it works totally to the movie's favor where you have these people that are almost caricatures, the out the outside people. I mean, not entirely. They definitely, the actors bring a lot of, of themselves and personality to the roles and they do a really good job fleshing out the characters in very little bit of time. But as written, they're kind of caricatures, but on, yeah. on purpose because they don't have time to do a lot of character building with them. You just kind of have to, Look at them, hear a few of their lines, and be like, "I know, exa- I know what character that is." Right? Because we don't have a lot of time to develop them. Because it's really important to develop these two characters, and I think that works really well with the movie. And I think these two together—I don't think it, the movie would fall apart without these two. Yes, and they carry the entire film. Um, and so I think that works really well about it. But most of the movie, after the setup. There's the setup, and then there's the denouement, and then there's the the meat of the movie. And the meat of the movie is, like, for instance, they are at his house talking and everything, and he's like, yeah, we're going to do this, and then, like, three months from now, we're going to be uh, back in New York. And she's like, what? She's <laughs> like, you don't live here? And he's like, no, I, I live in New York. I'm just here to open up the club, and... She's like, well, we can't. I, my family's here. I don't want to leave yeah. Las Vegas. I don't want to be like, uh, you know, leaving Las Vegas, like Elvis <laughs> Presley or whatever, which he brings up. 
And everything about the city is about leaving it. Yeah, but I don't really. That, that's two things a movie and then a, a song. And the song was featured in the movie. So I don't, you know, it's, I don't know, it's weird. <laughs> anyway, so um, he, uh, they, they're talking about that and everything. And the redhead goes, this is, uh, you know, one of those conversations you have on your second date. Which is funny because it basically is their second date, but they're already married. Right. And then they get into, uh, you know, a kerfuffle about uh, what uh, is the baby going to be catholic or is the baby gonna be you know a loser religion uh, <laughs> presbyterian but they as she points out it was uh, her mom points out presbyterian's not you know not a religion per se what the hell does that mean like i'm not presbyterian which but is i weird, am protestant which is weird because you're scottish okay well presbyterian is like uh, it's a, like a generic term or uh, traces back to the Church of Scotland and stuff like that. It's I don't know. It's it's has it has a bit to do with the Reformation, but it's not really a Protestant religion either. I mean, it kind of is, but it's not really a religion. So it's I don't know. It's a whole it's a whole weird thing. Okay. It would take a long time, way longer than we want to, to explain <laughs> it. But it's not it's not like saying Protestants not a religion either. Protestant is no, a I know. Protestant. Uh, well, Presbyterian, same kind of way. Okay. So when she says it's not a religion, that's what she's talking about. There, are, there's a section. So Presbyterian is like, a, like an offshoot of Protestantism, but it's not a specific religion. There are other groups that call them. There are other. There are a, a few different religions that call themselves Presbyterian. Okay. So it's like when you say Protestant, it's like that's Methodist, Baptist, you know, Lutheran, Lutheran a bunch of different stuff. Huh. I always thought it was just Catholic or Protestant. I didn't realize that there was another one. Yeah, well, Presbyterian's basically Protestant. Okay. But anyway, so um, they, you know, they have a fight about that. They have a lot of stuff that they don't agree on. Well, yeah, they, they are very different people, and they didn't work out anything before they got together and started trying to be a family. And my point is, they go through all this stuff. He comes back. They they have... It's, it follows the standard beats of a romantic comedy. Now, it's, it's a, a very good romantic comedy. It's better than a lot of romantic comedies I've seen, but it follows the same sort of beats... Where it's, you know, they get together, they have problems, they have the, where they break up in, you know, in the third act, the, mm-hmm. the climax, then they get back and they come back together, right? And all that stuff happens. They come back together because they all, see all these signs, you know, like there's a, there's a big theme in the movie about signs mm-hmm. and fate and things like that. They come back together, she has the baby, and it's like on the Hoover Dam. And it's like they're all supposed to be, you know, happy and, and everything like that. But are they, would they really make it after this movie's over? Are they still together? I think so. I mean, the movie tests whether, like, besides the fact that she's insanely hot. Like, I mean, what would keep him there? Um, They have a baby and he loves her. I mean, but that what I'm saying is okay. So love, are, are they in love? I mean, they have so few things in common. 
Do you need to have things in common to be in love? I don't think so. I just... I didn't get a really satisfying feeling of they overcame their problems. Now, I know that that's very difficult to do in a two-hour movie, but I just never got to the point where I was like, oh, they got there. Well, I mean, yeah, it's going to take them a while to get there. You don't get there overnight. I mean, but I think that they care and they're going to work at it because it's important. But, like, she said she would go to New York with him. Yeah. Where are they going to live? We don't know that. Okay. I thought New York. I thought that's what she was saying. So she's going to be taken away from her family now. And he doesn't, he's not close to his family, so I think they're still going to have to come back and spend a lot of time with her family, even if they do live in New York. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, too, is, like, it's not like he repaired his relationship with his family or anything like that. his family are assholes. Fuck them. (laughs) The white people are melting. Fuck you. (laughs) I just don't, I just don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe you're right, but I, I like to think it worked out. We need a fool's still Russian or, or something like that. We need a sequel. Right. Well, maybe we they'll to, make one. We need to see where they're where they're at. In like three years. Yeah, something like that. Three years, four years, maybe five years. Okay. 2002. Let us, uh, let us see them together again. Wow. Yeah. Did you like the movie? I enjoyed the movie very much. I thought it was very good. It's, you know, it's not it's not an Oscar contender obviously, but it I thought it was uh I thought it was fantastic. I would absolutely recommend it. Yeah, it's very enjoyable. Salma Hayek gets to be more than uh a gorgeous face and body. Yes, more than but still also still a gorgeous face and body. So Yeah. You know, you get to look at that the whole movie. That's good. But she, you know, actually gets to do things. And <laughs> yes. And she, I would say she's a more dynamic character than he is in this movie. Yeah. He's kind of a caricature. I can never say that goddamn word. Caricature. Yeah. Himself. Of a little bit. Like a standard yuppie-ish, like, white male in I love work. New I York love work. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I have no family. Mm-hmm. I don't care about anything but money. There's some blonde chick with, uh, you know, a nice body that wants me, and I, I'm rejecting her. Yeah, that part makes no sense. <laughs> He's like, I've been avoiding her since the third grade. Why? What was wrong with this girl? Like, yeah, nothing seemed wrong with her. She seemed fine. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I guess maybe he just hates his parents. <laughs> And that's like, she's all tied into that. Yeah, maybe. That makes sense. That is the episode for the week, guys. So you can go ahead and write us at latefee1994daywell.com. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. And share the tapes with your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.